Hello and welcome to Talk Ag to Me, the podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. Today I'm joined by my co-host, Abigail Prince. Hi guys, what's up? I'm back. <laughs> so today's episode, guys, well, before we get into that, I'd just like to thank all of you for watching our previous episode, and I'm pretty excited about this new segment that we started, the Share Your Story segment um, that Luke was able to help us out with. So if you guys haven't checked that one out, make sure you go and listen to that episode, because it was a really good interview, and then jump back over to this one. And the reason for that is because our next episode is going to be similar to that kind of topic. So this episode, we're going to we're gonna be getting a little bit more uh, towards the origin of our um, podcast, which is agriculturally based issues, and that's something that we haven't talked about in a few episodes, and something it's been that, a little while. Yeah, so. something that I think we need to get back to a little bit more. So, uh, to start off that, um, or not start off, but to bring back that aspect of things, we're going to be talking about urbanization. So, um, I think it's important to um, make a, a quick distinction that when we say urbanization, a lot of people will often think we're talking in terms of just turning farmland into city. And while that's true, there's a little bit more to that that we're going to be going over a little bit, and that's that um, there's a large portion of the population that's also been converting from a more rural lifestyle to a more urban lifestyle, and we're going to be talking about that as well. So, going into this subject, there's three major points that we're going to be addressing in this episode alone. And that's going to be land urbanization, which, as we said earlier, is the conversion of actual farmland into city and more urban areas. And people urbanization, which is our second point, and that's, as we kind of talked about, people converting over to a more urban lifestyle as opposed to the rural one. And then our final point, we're going to be talking about the possible consequences or the possible effects that will come with um, more drastic urbanization that is potentially going to be appearing in the future. So moving into our first point here, we have land urbanization. Uh, Abby, why don't you go ahead and tell our audience the definition of urbanization. So urbanization is the process of making an area more urban, and urban sprawl is just uncontrolled urbanization, which we see a lot happening in Southern and Northern California, just to be a little specific of where we're from, um, but you definitely see a lot of that on the East Coast as well, and Absolutely. I'm sure throughout the Midwest, but California and definitely the East Coast have been very popular for urbanization. Right. And we even have smaller scale examples of it in our own hometown. Which I mean, is really sad, but <laughs> it yeah. It is a little sad. I mean, this is an example I've used a lot when, when giving speeches on this kind of topic is that my very house and the entire complex that my house is, is built in, the Del Lago complex, was uh, grape vineyards, I mean, not more than a few decades ago. So it just kind of shows how fast. I mean, now we have all these houses. There's tons of houses in this area. There's a full school, and there's another school not far from here, and then there's two parks. I mean, just within a few decades, that much urbanization is just kind of crazy to, to think about. And so those are kind of the um, the examples that, that we're kind of getting at here. And uh, just to kind of give you guys some, some quick stats, the average house size has been increasing rapidly, um, over the past few years as well, a CNN article states that um, house size has reached an all-time high, or average house size has reached an all-time high at 2,600 square feet back in 2013. That's only, a huge house. Right. I can only imagine what it is now. I haven't... Oh, I'm, yeah, no, it's probably bigger than that. I couldn't even find the stat for it now, but yeah, back in 2013, it was 2,600 square feet. That was that was the average, too. Well, like, my grandma, she just moved into where I live in Tulare, they have built a lot of newer houses, and the smallest one was probably 3,000 square feet. Wow. And she lives by herself. Jeez. So she's in a 3,000 square foot house. And so it just kind of goes to show that these people need bigger houses because they have more people that they're 
obviously producing. Right. So you have to have a bigger house, but it it's insane that right. these houses are so big. Which was interesting about the point you just said is I um I was talking to a friend of mine about this uh, not too long ago, and, and he was saying that there was a study that he read that people, the reason the houses are getting bigger is not because families are getting bigger, because there was actually a study done, which I can't remember the exact numbers now, but it showed that a family could live for a pretty decent amount of time on a smaller house, but because, especially in America, people are becoming a lot more, for lack of a better word, greedy, they want bigger houses, they want more luxurious um, places to live, and that's that causing... materialistic. Right, that's yeah. causing a more, um, a, a bigger a sprawl of, bigger sp- of, of, of urbanization that, that is, is, yeah, something that, and it's not necessarily something that they're consciously doing, they're not trying to take away uh, agricultural land to no, build a bigger but house, but for themselves, right? They want a bigger house, and it by by just by 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 byproduct, sorry, uh, is taking out more agricultural land. Well, and um, like coming from my family, my mom grew up in Southern California in the Chino area, which is um, very near Los Angeles, and so they have very normal weather year round. Um, and so when she lived there as a child and grew up, there were a lot of dairies around, um, kind of like what it's like here in Tulare. I mean, you had like your city part, but you did have a lot of dairies running around and they didn't have any sidewalks. It was all, um, horse trails. So instead of, there was no sidewalk, so you just walked on the dirt or you rode your horse down the trail. So I thought that was pretty cool, like in the middle of town. Um, but now there's only a couple dairies left because everyone is moving to California for the weather and um the land is um like the price is higher to build like to buy out the farmland and build a house on it and so i mean the houses there are absolutely massive i mean they're two-story houses probably fitting two families in them a piece um but looking at it now compared to 10 years ago they would have never known that a dairy used to sit right there and that they were standing on top of what would have been a freestyle barn right so I thought that was really interesting to drive by, and it's like, what happened to all the ag here? Because actually all the people have moved in because they like the weather here. It's all mm-hmm. very normal, and there's no harsh winter right. or harsh weather. Yeah. And so, yeah, that urbanization down there is definitely, that's why I said that in the beginning, that it's grown so much there because the people like the weather. And although it is expensive, um, apparently those people will either go into debt or have amazingly paid jobs. <laughs> right. Um, to go pay for that kind of thing. And so that's been really um, a difficult concept to wrap my head around. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you definitely got a point there. Um, so I'll just throw a couple more numbers at you before we uh, move on here. Uh, the, according to the California F- uh, Department of Food and Agriculture, about 3.4 million acres of land in agricultural counties is now urbanized. So 3.4 million acres is kind of a lot that's now... In, in especially in agricultural counties, it's not speaking of like you know San Francisco. Those are like counties, kind of like Tulare County. There so are is more this within base. California because this, this is just in California. Just in California, three point okay. four million acres okay. of most agricultural counties are being urbanized now, and um, urban development is actually consuming about forty thousand acres of agricultural land per year, which is kind of that's crazy to think about. And that's that's is. From what I can understand, that's in the entire United States. It's not just in California. Yeah. But even then, 40,000 acres per year of agricultural land is being lost. I mean, when we think about this in comparison to how much we have to feed over the next 30 years, that's kind of a a scary thought to think about. So, moving in our second point here, 
Abby started to touch on it a little bit that um, a lot of people are migrating from more rural lifestyles that they understand, you know, what where the food comes from and, and they were largely connected with where the food comes from. Now they're getting more towards lifestyles where they're they don't know where the food comes from. They think that their food just grows up or just shows up in a grocery store. And like Abby was saying, there are people living on land now that they never would have guessed that, you know, not even that long ago that it was a freestyle barn or that there, there was farmland there. I mean, my house, I didn't understand that there was grapes here until not, you know, a couple of years ago. It's just, it's kind of crazy to think about how people don't understand the history of the land that they now live on. Um, well, and like for my mom, when she lived down in Chino, like all the dairymen moved up here into the Central Valley and now that that is becoming more urbanized like in Fresno, Visalia, mm-hmm. all these people they're moving up to Washington and Idaho because um, it's more practical, less regulations, um, less government policies that they need to follow and so it's easier to dairy up there and it's more profitable because you can't get that profit here but these people don't understand that, um, sorry I talk a lot about dairy because that's what <laughs> I know, um, but it's very practical or it's unpractical for them to imagine like this used to be a dairy and my food just shows up in a grocery store they don't understand where their food comes from and i think that urbanization definitely has a lot to do with it right no i I definitely agree and um it's kind of widely accepted in the agricultural community that there's a two to three generational gap between the consumer and the farmer i mean i agree their most average families they might have a great-grandparent that farms but that's the closest relative they have they don't have grandparents or parents that farm anymore and that tends to lead to a lot of the um, educational gap that we were talking about earlier the big issues yeah. um, where they don't understand where the food comes from and that's not necessarily to the fault of the individual for not learning about it right off the bat because how are they supposed to know about it no, if their family's not, their not you know in it anymore and um I mean, this is something that I talked about with one of our teachers, Mr. Kwan, which we've had on the show before. He always talks about how there was a massive migration from rural land to urban land in just a, a, a short span, which I wish I had the years on me right now. But um, there was a short span of years where there was just a massive amount of the population migrating to urban areas or converting land in urban areas. And this was mostly because either um, it just wasn't profitable for them to stay in the farming industry, which happens a lot. Um, or they just had no interest in taking up their family's heritage of farming and they just moved on and, and lived back in the city just because they didn't want to you know, take care of cows all day. And that's understandable. I mean, it's, it's a hard industry to take over, especially in, in some years where you have to take it over from your family and the economy and the economy is just in the drain. It's terrible, yeah. It's, it's hard for to encourage the next generation to take up that mantle. And maybe that next generation understands farming, but they don't want their kids to have to go through that, so they kind of take them away from it. And that leads to... A lot of the issues that we talk about on this on this on this show, um, so because numbers are my favorite thing in the world, I have a few more for you. Um, as of two thousand fourteen, fifty four percent of the world population was completely urbanized, and this is expected to reach a sixty six percent. So it's supposed to jump by another twenty two percent or twelve percent. Excuse me. So two thirds of our population by twenty fifty. By 2050, is, is supposed to be completely urbanized, and that's according to an article by The Conversation. If, a two, if two-thirds of our world population is completely urbanized... I don't think I could wrap my head around that. If you jump from a little over half to two-thirds... That's really... How can you comprehend that? That's, that's, that's crazy to think about. And that's such like a, a dangerous statistic, too. I mean, people don't think about it as a dangerous statistic because, like, you oh, know... 66%, like, so it, what? Right, like, what's wrong with moving to, to cities? I mean... 
not to say there's anything wrong with that, but there's something wrong with moving to that city and losing all ties to agriculture that you once had. Not that I'm asking everybody who once had a family member that farmed to go back and start farming again, because that's you know there's no room for that in the first place. Well, it's counterproductive. It's counterproductive, right? And but it's it's important that those people who did have roots in agriculture to accept those roots and to appreciate what the farmers are doing now, because if they don't, then that's where we see a lot of the issues regarding legislature and regarding um, you know all the issues that were that were currently facing that's where it all sends from people are, are neglecting their history their culture well and i think it's kind of interesting just to bring up kind of go back down memory lane go back to my elementary <laughs> school days um i went to sundale elementary school and so we had a really good ag program we had a really strong ag teacher she was very passionate about the ag subject um had gardens for us just taught us very the very basics of what agriculture is and um previously was before us and so um, kind of just to take that into consideration, like my friends and I, we all sat in the ag class. We had so much fun learning about cows and plants and pigs and little, um, like small animals, rabbits, guinea pigs. Mm-hmm. I mean, anything and everything you can think of, just the basics, that's what we learned. Um, but going into high school, um, they lost all of that knowledge. And right. so they really became urbanized. They moved into a bigger high school that was not necessarily ag related. And now they lost all that knowledge, but then they go into the future and they have a family they go grocery shopping but they don't understand that oh this is where my food comes from because they don't think back to the basics Mm -hmm. and they don't have that knowledge anymore because it's shut off in the very back of your mind and so that kind of urbanization of the people is that they may learn it at a young age but if they don't have the people that tell them to hold on to it they lose it right no i absolutely agree and something else i was just thinking about as you were explaining that story um we have, we have a lot of FFA members that come in and they say they don't have an agricultural background and they, they do and they want to try it anyway and that's what's funny about it is they do it's nearly impossible to live in this world and not have an agricultural background of any kind and usually what they say because I used to say this too when I first joined FFA they say they don't have an agricultural background because their parents or grandparents don't farm agricultural background doesn't mean that you have to have a farmer within the next two or three generations, it means that either you had farmers in past generations or even your parents or grandparents help with some kind of agricultural aspect. Just going and going to the store and buying groceries, that's still helping agriculture. That still gives you an agricultural background of some kind. Maybe you didn't work on a farm, maybe your parents didn't work on a farm. But But they could always work they could have had a job like a specific job in an ag operation. Right. Um if they work like in business. Because I've definitely seen like business people come and um like our steel company like mm. obviously they sell they don't just sell steel to ag companies like they do us there's also businesses that buy that and so right. you're still helping you're still in the agriculture industry if even if you aren't directly yeah you and, may be indirectly and involved this, yeah and this is something that luke and i talked about a little bit on our episode uh, last week is that when people think of agriculture they automatically associate it with farming and that's not what agriculture is anymore when people say they don't have an agricultural background, it's it's kind of laughable. Not because that they are, you know, they just they don't understand what agriculture means anymore. And that's something they were they're trying to fix here. And it's something else that, um, when people urbanize, they abandon all of their roots. It's something that's been happening for a long time now. It's something that will continue to happen. Well, it happened in history. It so happened history in history. Repeats well. itself. Right. But I mean, even going back to history, people go back to you know. 
like I said, they may not have it in the in recent generations. If they go back five generations, they might find out that their great 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 grandfather was a cotton farmer or yeah. a corn farmer, or and they'd be fascinated to find that out. Most of them are might they may they may just say, well, farming was was popular back then. And the funny thing you about have it those is, people. Yeah. right. The funny thing about it is, okay, sure, po- farming was more popular back then, but it wasn't because it was the trend to do it. It's that you had to do it back then. Now people don't have to farm, but they can still except where they came from and what the people that are still continuing those traditions are doing to try to help them today. I completely agree. Yeah, something that I think Yeah, because there wasn't just a grocery store that you could just walk right. down and yeah, no. I need some milk and I need some eggs and I need some butter and no, you had to grow all of that yourself. Right. And that's something that a lot of people neglect today and I think it's something that they don't understand. Need. Right. So But that is a hard thing to teach. Right. And and as we're kinda of talking about this, it kind of alludes to the fact that we're losing a lot of the farmers that we have Today, and in fact, um, there's another article that I read by this guy named Sam Robinson, and he states that the number of farmers back in 2012 was 2.1 million, and this was a 4.3% decrease since 2007. So in a five-year span, we lost 4.3% of our farmers. And 4.3% doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're depending on these people to feed the world, that's kind of a big number. Well, and that was six years ago, so that number definitely decreased again. Right. I mean, that's 4.3% within a five-year span, and that was back before the 2009 depression of the agricultural economy. That was back before all the regulations that are currently being um, implemented and, and, and that kind of thing. Like, that was back before all of that. That was back in 2007. That's back when ag was still somewhat healthy. I mean, now we're getting to the point where agriculture has taken so many hits between the regulations and the economic and the economy yeah. dipping that we could have you know up to a 10 percent maybe even more decrease in the amount of farmers we have well in the progressive dairyman i used to compete in this um dairy knowledge competition and um i was helping i was the assistant coach of the national team this year mm-hmm. and um so we went and looked through this um, dairy magazine called progressive dairyman and they have all these national stats, um, the number of the average size of a herd, um, average milk production per state. And they had all these averages and um, all these different st- statistics, and not one state grew in number of dairy farms. Everyone yeah. decreased except for Alaska and Hawaii, but they only have two dairy farms apiece. They wow. stayed the same. Everybody else decreased. That's insane. Like, that just goes to show that there's a and whatever the reason is that people are dropping out of agriculture is is a, is a whole separate issue we can talk about but the fact that they are dropping out of agriculture is something that needs to be addressed and something that you know that is often looked over because a lot of people don't care about farmers they don't care well they're just a farmer i mean if they, if they don't want to farm anymore they don't want to this, farm yeah. more. and it's and it's just because they don't understand what why that farmer's job is so vital to american or to the american economy and to the world really that they kind of just overlook it and so it kind of just gets brushed under the rug and a lot of farmers don't have their voice in the media so it's hard for them to kind of say hey we're losing so many farmers this needs to be addressed in the media and the media would just say well no it's whatever no it's not trendy so we're not gonna worry about it yeah no kids died no politician said anything let's just not we're not gonna talk about it so it's just i guess something that's kind of um annoying to have to deal with as somebody that's that pays a lot of attention to the news and pays a lot of attention to the agricultural news especially that that kind of issue is not being addressed more more directly hey guys brendan here i just wanted to address this uh separately this video went on 
a lot longer than we actually meant it to when we originally recorded. And so I ended up having to split it into two parts just because we want it to be small enough and digestible enough for you guys to listen to without having to listen to an hour-long video. So uh, the second part will be coming out next Wednesday, so make sure you guys tune in. i just like to thank, thank all of you guys for listening to this first part of this episode, and um, thanks for all your support, and make sure you tune to the next episode. So thanks a lot, guys. And don't forget, if you ate today, thank a farmer.